1: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next
0: adventure on fishing booker from the nation's capital this is the fly fishing consultant podcast with your host rob snowhead
2: Well, good morning. It is the 11th of March, 2023. I'm in the parking lot of the National Marine Corps Museum. It is the annual Project Healing Waters Fly Time Marathon. I'm here for the morning shift, 9 to noon. and I'm going to tie up some nymphs, some mice, and some other things. Who knows what my creativity may bring with the few materials I brought. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. I've not done fly fishing shows, really only gone to Beer Ties. So these people that I'm used to seeing at events all throughout the year, Bo, Sasquatch, the TFO people, probably Kiki, probably Braden, I've not seen them since 2020 at the Virginia Fly Fishing Wine Festival. So we're going to catch up with Bo and everyone else and see how things have been going. We're going to keep track of what people are tying. We're going to meet old friends. We're going to meet new friends. We're going to have lunch. It's going to be a great day. And then tomorrow morning is our annual, first annual Shad kickoff at Fletcher's Cove. And then Monday night is Shad Beer Tie Night. So this is a big weekend for me. And I'm excited to go inside right now. We're a little early, so I'm allowed to go in because we have an event. And uh, we're going to catch up with... Marshall and Owen and see how these Highland Scotsmen are doing down in Fredericksburg So I'm gonna go on inside and let's see what this fun day is gonna bring for us One thing I noticed on the way down gas is like 70 cents cheaper Once you leave Fairfax County, it was dirt cheap like 285 in Prince William County. I don't get it. So I'm gonna go outside. It's super windy So I'm here. I can't fish anyway today and I'm going to have some fun. Our first interview today is with Christina. She's a fellow Mary Washington grad, but you graduated from the university. I did. I graduated from the college.
3: Oh, that's right. Yes, because I changed it.
2: How many years did you serve in the Marine Corps?
3: Five years. And what was your role? I was a um, military police, and then I was a uh, Marine security guard. So I guarded the embassies uh, overseas.
2: Yeah. Are you allowed to say where you were stationed?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, at the time, there was two posts. The first one that I went to was in um, Tel Aviv, Israel. And then the next one I did was in Dakar, Senegal. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. How's the falafel in Israel?
3: Phenomenal. And the schnitzel is yeah. even better. Really? Oh, my goodness.
2: Have you found a falafel place here that's... Not incredible. even close. Right.
3: Not even close.
2: What? What's the <laughs> food in Senegal?
3: They have a lot of, you know, fish it's a very rice. poor country. Yeah, a lot of, you know, fish, rice, beans, you know, type of thing. But you know, we were a bit spoiled because we had to cook, you know, so that they would bring in food and they buy it in. So you know, we eat local food, but then we had our own people that would cook our food.
2: Have you seen the second season of? Forget it, it's on Netflix. No, it's on Amazon. Jack, Jack, guys, what's the what's the show? on Netflix he's like the CIA agent that doesn't
4: narrow it
3: down I know
2: <laughs> Clear and Present Danger was his character oh Jack Ryan Jack Ryan, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yes. so in one no spoilers here but they, they break into an embassy and like steal people yeah. out yeah it, it didn't seem very realistic
3: no okay. it's TV yes it is it's so what, TV.
2: what brings you to the museum how did you end up working here
3: um, I actually got out of the Marine Corps and uh, I was going to, working at different jobs. I was actually with the National Park Service, but then this job came open and it was right after, they brought me on right after it actually opened, so.
2: Better pants in this job.
3: <sighs> no, Not the I loved working for the Park Service, but this place is like, it's like coming home. As a Marine, I'm just like, I want to give back to the veterans, I want to do what I can, and, and it's phenomenal
2: it and you is. get to work with this guy
3: I get to work with this guy the
2: Highland Scotsman <laughs> and do you fish
3: I have, I have been deep-sea fishing I've been um, like just you know any other fish but never fly fishing okay yeah so and I like to eat fish too
2: you can stuff. have my share. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I wouldn't know what to do when I took a fish home.
3: Yes. Oh, you gut it, and you clean it, and you descale it, and then you you just cook it up, and you just eat it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But... It's wonderful. <laughs> so are there other events that happen in here, or is this the only one?
3: Today, there's actually several events going on. So we have the fly, fly fishing marathon that's happening, um, and then we have a family day event. So we bring in... Um, we advertise for anybody, you know. And it's mainly uh, targeted to you know young kids and stuff like that. And today's uh, this month's topic is you know uh, it's not women in the Marine Corps, but it's just women in the service, you know. So focusing on women because um, it's and then also upstairs our combat artist is having a second. It's called a second Saturday, so they have um, artists that come in and learn different techniques. Um, and they go through that, so and then you know, I think that's it. And then the other, just the general visitors, and they could just. Right. Come.
2: Do you want a tiny flies while you're
3: here? I think that would be fun.
2: Okay, <laughs> should have brought a second vice. I don't know. We'll get Yeah, you
3: okay.
2: can grab some books too. Yeah, there's some stickers.
3: Yeah, I like the Johnny Cash one. Yeah,
4: he has another funny one. It's like, what is it? Uh, a, a rod is a tool. Don't be a rod. What the hell is that? It's a, it's a kind of funny one. I had a kid, I remember one of those things. I think I asked him again. It's basically don't be a tool. Right. A rod is a tool. Yeah. Don't be a rod. Don't be, don't be <laughs> a, rod. <laughs> like, a rod. It's like, yeah,
3: I think it's kind of fun. So. Of course you do, Mullen. Uh, I'm a huge fly fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: got lucky with this weather. I went out of my way to get this lamp. Yeah,
4: but, it's beautiful. Yeah. That's the fun fun part here. It's just yeah. you never in the whole ambiance in it. Night, it's really gorgeous in yeah. here. You know, I
3: know. And the shadows that go up against Sunset. the wall. You wouldn't
2: know he's Scottish because of the sun he gets in here. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you watch the movie after Sun, great movie. Uh-huh. Very pale man. <laughs> uh, you are not the pale man because you are uh, working <laughs> under the sun in here. <laughs> Do people ever get freaked out by the mannequins who apparently have the wrong helmet? <laughs> oh, oh, the covers okay. Yeah. Hey,
4: so that's a long story. Yeah. Um, you Didn't. know, things get damaged by the light in here. And these are, they're not original. They're reproductions. And yeah. so it's kind of funny, though. You should, look at the, Christina, the, the rubber rotted off of this thing. But I just noticed that. Wow. Um, So anyway, we you know we we dress these guys up. The funniest thing is, so Marines never get anything that's new. Nope. Um, So if you if you're looking at like Marine history, a uniform or something, it's always ten years. You know, if it says 1945 on it, a Marine wore it in 1955. He didn't wear it in 45. They like keep it in a warehouse and make them use all the old crap for it. Um, The humorous part with this the scene and here is we picked two battles oddly that it's the first time they ever wore a uniform like a new camouflage uniform right. or this uniform so uh, you know like any other battle in marine corps history you could have things getting old and fading but we picked the two battles just by sheer bad luck that they're supposed to look fresh and clean and right. they go into the, you know, it's the only two times in marine corps history where they got to wear new clothes and show. Like, right. so. anyway
2: it's- george distanza wants you guys to make their Uniforms out of cotton.
4: Yes. <laughs> we are going to do a puffy shirt if we do, a, you know, early 1812. Get the white puffy shirts. White. Those are, yeah, yeah. Those are,
3: uh, these are these. actually called uh, cast figures because they're actually cast um, directly from people. We were oh, actual, told yeah. so this that,
2: gentleman was not um, fortunate in his looks. Nah,
3: <laughs> this one right here?
2: <laughs> that was the conversation earlier. Oh. The guy had to get Vaseline on his face. That, that one sure.
3: over there is my husband. Oh, <laughs> right on. the corman because my
2: husband was a corman. Did, did you meet him? Through the mannequin first because there's a movie Did called that? mannequin <laughs> you're like that man's hand so am i going to track down who it's made for mine them? is in
3: the back so you know you we, one here yes yeah. so we you oh. know come alive at night and you know hang is this out how together. you two
2: do the hov lanes this is it i i, I always joke that, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's, that easy, it's
4: the easiest thing ever yep you just put a stack of magazines out cigarettes and some keg of beer and the yep. marines all just kind of settled in they're, they're they're not you know it's not as hard as
3: the ben
2: stiller job
4: right
3: there, so. exactly It's pretty easy.
2: They do chase the Japanese guy around a lot, the German guy. yeah, definitely. (laughs) You come in and there's arrows and things. Yeah, bullet holes. Yeah, exactly.
4: That's wild. (laughs) drive the tank back up on the
2: thing.
3: Mm -hmm. uh.
2: But this one right here, it looks like a muscle's going to twitch on him. (laughs) It looks like he's sweating right on his eyebrow. That's
3: what it's supposed to. That is wild. Yeah.
2: How long has this building been here? Since
3: 2006 is when it opened, November 2006.
2: It still feels new to me when I drive by it. Yeah.
3: Keeping it fresh. What yeah. What like.
4: It doesn't. There isn't a laser. Yeah. It. It's space turret. When it turns. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I was loving people like I always wondered what that thing. Is. Right, yeah. It's like yeah. It didn't really, it's that Star Wars defense. It right
2: looks like I, Iwo Jima, right? Right, the, the mounting of flag. Yeah, yeah. although yeah. it's backwards. That's yes, a, it I'm is. Stop just
3: to put this on the pod. I, <laughs> I know, but I think they did that so they could attract attention from '95. So like, it sticks out and it like gleams, and then they could see it. Yeah. But I don't know. I it's know.
0: more
2: interesting it's, than the sign for the Weems Bots Museum, which I don't know what a Weems Botts. I know we, their names.
3: We we've
4: invited them to like events here. And they're so boring, I forgot what they actually are. <laughs> it's a science museum, I, I believe. It's yeah, a science I know, museum. I have no idea. I keep signing. I've never been. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind
0: of
3: funny. <laughs> yep. so
4: Marshall was interviewing oh, your cast figure
3: there. So oh, is that right? I'm going to go interview your... You're going to interview my cast figure?
2: Absolutely. She's not going
3: to talk very much. Just okay.
2: Saying. Well, I, I'm going to put her in my car for HOV on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to Tyne and, and we'll get you Tyne in a bit. Nice. Grab some books.
3: Oh. Oh, yeah.
2: They're not just for, for fly anglers. You can learn stuff.
3: There's people that actually are going to use the stuff.
2: Some of them are outdated. but uh, oh, yeah. He got some good ones there.
3: That's very nice. I'm
4: almost on fly
2: number
3: three. <laughs> <laughs> hour and a half.
2: We need to yeah, have some exactly.
3: rum. I know. What did you say? You could tie how many? 20?
2: Oh, those? Yeah, I could, could probably what? do Two, three. 40 of those in an hour. <laughs> 40 plus in an hour.
3: I think I've been talking to you too long because yeah, there's not. Yeah, I'm
2: slacking off.
3: Yeah, there's eleven of them there. Yeah, we I need, need to leave you alone. We need
2: to open up that yeti full of rum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to time. Thank you. You're
4: watching oh, you are watching. me
2: too you. Close right now. It's I have to clear it with the press. Okay, Marshall. Let's talk
5: about your new outfit here. Let's see. I'm very happy to have won this. That was very unexpected, and uh, totally elated with it. This is. This will fit in nice with my collection of fly rods and reels.
2: Tell the listeners what you want in the raffle.
5: I want a three-weight rod TFO and a
2: NTR?
5: NTR series fly rod TFO.
2: And what's your line? Real gold? Real gold. Heck yeah. Alright, so you're not tying today because you get all your flies from your brother anyway. Yes, he does it so well that I
5: Just use his
2: flies. And you're just doing work for newspaper today? I'm doing,
5: I I write a column and Mm -hmm. uh, I I was thinking of a way of maybe including this in this. I've done features on this event before, especially pre-COVID when we did have to stop doing it here. Um, I did a huge uh, feature on it. But uh, today I'm primarily taking some photos and I'm definitely going to give it a shout out in my column. And the Culpeper Times... We got lucky. You got some good photographing late today. Yes, definitely. Especially with the little kids in there. Yeah. I enjoy seeing that, especially new people coming into the sport.
2: That's a good turnout today. You have to use your wide-angle lens. Definitely. All right. Let's go in and check in with your brother. Oh, let's talk about the books you got today, too. There are some freebie books. So the phone that's recording is resting on Fishman's Bounty by Nick Lyons. Nick Lyons is always great. You want to read those off to the the kids at home who can't see?
5: Yeah, it's got a collection of other uh, writers in there as well. It's got uh, Ernest Hemingway, of course. You got Herman Melville, Isaac Walton, McLean, AJ McLean, Guy de Maupassant. Yeah. Uh, Let's see who else we got here that I'm very familiar with. Isaac Walton, Thoreau. Can't beat all that. That's like your all stars. Yeah. (laughs)
4: Tell this is an older demographic because they're actually giving out books. (laughs) Right.
2: All right. Oh, and then we got we got striped Bass Chronicles and Fly Fishing in Saltwater and Backcountry Fly Fishing in Saltwater. This is probably one of my
5: favorite favorite fly fishing books there. The uh, Lefty Crave, Fly Fishing in Saltwater. Yeah.
2: Definitely learned a lot so much from that book. All right. Let's go over to your brother now. He's tying up flip-floppage something.
4: Alvin Dito's. Flip flop, fill hopper. us in here. Yes. Well, it's kind of odd tying flies at
2: the place you work here. So it's uh, we're in between. Uh, yeah. What's what's this guy's uh, scarf? Yeah. A little liver, little,
4: little, little. scouser.
2: <laughs> they don't even know soccer tourist. The, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Uh, So yeah, talk about this fly. How'd you learn about Alvin's pattern and and what goes into it? Well,
4: as a fan of Mister Snow
2: White's uh, keep it simple principles, there,
4: I was looking for something that we could make in bulk. I saw they needed poppers, and we weren't going to make deer hair poppers here at the museum for everybody. But you know, what what do you gets you into fly fishing more than? having a nice success for panfish and largemouth on a local pond or something so i'm imagining a lot of these human water guys are starting out at fly fishing and you want to give them something that would be uh, fun to use and kind of get you hooked there, it's literally. easy to see yeah yeah so um a big thing with these was i, I am a lefty cray disciple just that you see from my hat here and i like a fly uh, popper that floats level and i tested all these and they were floating level there they put, look like admiral akbar yeah <laughs> it's of, our trap yeah, yeah with the doll eyes the doll eyes will give it a little only totally looks like akbar and i'm putting a, he didn't do that in the video but i'm putting a little uv resin there the uv fly finish it's a big lamp um, yeah just to give it a give it a little pop to catch some fishermen there but uh we'll see there okay. but uh And what is your job here again at the museum? I am now the chief uh, curatorial, the chief curator of the National Museum of the Marine Corps. So I've worked my way up from intern in 2005 all the way through the ranks of the curators, and somehow
2: I've outlasted everybody. If I get (laughs) caught taking something from an exhibit to tie a fly, will they put me in the brig? What is it, the brig? The brig, yes, yes.
4: Humorously, so we, we store all the artifacts in, uh, in basically not in this building, everyone thinks there's a secret basement to the museum, but we actually have most of the artifacts in the old 1930s brig on the base, and it's haunted as hell, and it's got solitary cells with like graffiti in it and stuff, and wow. yeah, totally great. It was a shithole though, totally. <laughs> uh, roaches, you know, we yeah. possums crawling into the building. So thankfully we're moving out and we're a little more state of the art now. We've got a nice big storage facility. You can. See off of uh, 95 when you're driving by the museum now. So I have an adult office for the first time in 15 years, so it's pretty
2: awesome. And they're putting in a Wawa for your commute home? Yeah,
4: yeah. On the way home on Route 1, there's a Wawa. There's a bunch in Stafford if you're heading south. They're putting Um, in a new
2: one in Stafford. I just I'm glad there's one two minutes from the bridge. Now I don't know why, but all the Northern Virginian folks are coming down to Fredericksburg to shad fish.
0: Yeah. We have
2: other rivers up there i'm sorry your haunt's getting crowded yeah i know it is every year and uh and then you're also competing
4: with all the hay seeds that are uh catching them all up and down the rappahannock for their catfish bait and which really pisses me off If they make it past
5: city dock yeah if they get get the the city
4: dock, it's really depressing you know people who are just killing these fish for no reason whatsoever You know, in the, in the, you know, it's just one of those things. One thing, it is nice though, with the dam gone, it really has changed, you know, where you can catch the shed on the Rappahannock. You know, they're going much further up now. And so you can kind of get away, not to give away fishing tips and secrets, but we tend to have, you know, go up the river a bit more than what people might normally think. Uh, instead of standing in those same four or five places in Falmouth, there that everybody fights over all year just to catch a thousand. Chad, you can be a little more inventive and i think it's really fun the thing we've noticed more fishing here is you know all the species like you know up in your area rob the uh but you know we're seeing a lot more snakehead come that was up my next
2: question spawn my two best snakehead days were in fredericksburg
4: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and we've caught them all the way up towards the ninety-five bridge, wow. which you wouldn't. Yeah, the first time that happened, I was like, "Shit!" You know, here Sweet. we here we go. It's it's you know their snakehead have made it to the Ratman. but they, they tend to only come up in the spring. I've never seen them after really? the spring. You know, certainly past the route one bridge yeah. there, um, the backwaters. People still catch them down further down, but
2: uh, I'm still waiting for someone to catch an anadromous fish at Rose River Farm. Yeah, <laughs> someone's going to get a white perch or a herring that just mm-hmm. kept going and going. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so it's cool. You never know, though. I mean, that's the fun... And this time of year is fun. I uh, the blue catfish are all over too. I catch a few of those on the fly. You know, and using those sinking lines, you can snag a few by accident too. And I had a really epic uh, river runs through it scene where I got spooled by about a seventeen pound blue wow. catfish and uh, took me over a fall. I slipped and trying to yeah it was it was of course it was the one day my brother wasn't yeah. with me and I you I know, would have filmed it at least yeah he would have died enjoying laughing watching me. <laughs> <laughs> myself, but I learned waiters work if you put that belt on properly, yeah. and uh, but yeah, I, I, that didn't work out. I think I if I get one again, I think I'm breaking it off and just uh, not dealing with that.
2: Who's it's, got the best sandwich now, and what is the best sandwich in, in Fredericksburg? Yeah, I, yeah, it's like I like the Mason Dixon, they have a awesome uh yankee
4: transplant they call it it's a cheesesteak but they use pimento cheese in it, oh, yeah. and that's pretty wicked that's, that's two a-
2: podcasts in a row where we've talked about yankee things yeah apparently yeah. a stealth craft in arkansas is called a yankee boat okay and you get your tires slashed <laughs> if you got a michigan tag
4: really yeah huh
2: yeah but fredericksburg food's gotten
4: a lot better there's all kinds there's a hot chicken place downtown with a brewery uh down it's called Fredericksburg Square there's a lot of great places to eat since your Mary wash days it's kind of they've raised the game there and I used to laugh because I mean Fredericksburg there's always the small pond big fish syndrome but there's a lot of cool stuff people should check out we need a fly shop down there that's like the you know with, with the orvis closing in woodbridge the closest thing to me is like district anglers and richmond going
2: down the yeah. green top you know i mean yeah. it's it's kind of bonkers that way but uh, i need to get down to green top get some fly material
4: yeah well the problem with them is they don't restock a lot often so you know it's kind of hit or miss and i get mad just you know may as well order it i know you, you know feathers you don't want to order online but Mm-mm. it's frustrating because you know it really is hard to uh find a good stuff the guys i I like ordering from the local shops like mossy creek and uh, south river they've been really good and it's neat because you can have a few cocktails and then you know you order something you forget about it and it shows up in the day or two at your house and it's nice a lot better than ordering from montana or something like that where you you know west coast there but uh, they're really good guys too you're helping
2: some good you know good local shops there with those dudes so what's uh The first cocktail your daughter has learned to make so far.
4: Shark attack. Yeah, well, it was funny. We have a neighborhood community thing, so yeah. Fit back review. I'm, I'm a historian here for the Marine Corps, a curator, but my I highlight is a cocktail historian too, and uh, learning the history. If you could look up on YouTube uh, for the museum, National Museum of Marine Corps, there's actually uh, cocktails with curators videos that we do. Cool. Um, we do like the tavern punch. You need punch, to do. Uh, and,
2: cocktails and shad yeah
4: something. yeah it'd be great Put that um together. i mean i just love history and so what's better than history and drinking but uh uh I'm trying to think it was funny we have a neighborhood block party and my daughter I, she's going on 11 but i was proud she won the best non-alcoholic cocktail so i'm grooming her she made it was the shark week i mean yeah, it, it, it was what was limonada soda Uh, with a little uh, some sort of fruit juice grenadine or something yeah a little splash of grenadine to make it like blood in the water and that was kind of popular for but she went up but first one she made I don't don't really have her making it for me so much yet yeah just a good uh, coconut water and gin Uh, There's a drink called the Green Isaacs. It was in Hemingway's books. I think it was, I forget which Hemingway. Islands in the stream. Yeah, they're drinking it on the boat. It's one of my favorite. It's gin, uh, coconut water, like your Goya coconut water, a little bit of lime juice, and then just a dash of bitters, and that's like an awesome summer summer drink there, but that would be the one I'd have her making because it's pretty
2: simple. What's the rum of choice right now?
4: Rum of choice, yeah you can't go bad with the frigate that's the frigate rum that's just because i love flip pallet and it actually is really good there's no hype to it i mean it, it's fun they started actually selling that in virginia um they, they were carrying it in the liquor stores but now it looks like you have to special order it but i like the frigate and the, you you don't need to get it in the really expensive batches there and if you can't get that i'd always go with florida Kanye. that was chico and i's favorite i got him off the Captain Morgan's spice drum there, the uh, Florida Kanye. They always joke you never want to trust a Spanish-speaking country that prefers baseball. To soccer it's always a little unusual but they're right. nicaraguans so you know they actually make great
2: rum in florida conya yeah, so i have to pick a bottle of that up tonight yeah yeah get some good stuff i forgot what a liquor store looks like <laughs> sorry to get you back into time. it and they're yeah. nicely priced too they're yeah
4: not, yeah well I, the nice thing with rums is that you're not paying for like single malt prices yeah.
2: and you know and the last i went into a liquor store in delaware in july yeah that was probably it
4: <laughs> and it sucks, you know, Some of them you just aren't very good. Either, Virginia ones, yeah, terrible. Yeah, and then certain ones are better. There's one I remember when we go to the DC United games. The one that was up near. What was that? Where the hell was that when we stopped for the, yeah. the total wine there? Yeah. What was that? for the cake? Yeah, is that Alexandria yeah. the Total yeah, Wine? Yeah, that's there? my own neighborhood.
2: Yeah, the, the, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Batch Thirteen in DC. That's the best liquor store. Okay. Go see George. They just stock all kinds stock. of good there's stuff. There's no yeah. There's no Tito's, there's no Jack, there's no Jim Beam. there's no fireball. Yeah. It's yeah. all hand selected. Yeah, yeah. Just it's the, amazing.
4: Have you got it was funny, uh, this whole insane stuff with the bourbons is cracking me up. You're like I've gone into these stores and there's fucking lines, you know, around the, the store and I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, it's like these small batch releases and stuff. It, there's nothing more it pisses you off more. You just want to buy them. tell them more Pappy Van Winkle store. Yeah, yeah. I had a, if you look at my check out my Instagram there. Uh, yeah, I'm not even trying to spell my middle name on that. But uh Owen dotlin Lithgo, uh, yeah, there's a great shot we were in Charleston oh, fishing oh, for redfish, and Marshall, my older brother's, Rich. Captain was Bubbles. What was his name? And Bootsy. Bootsy uh, Collins. Bootsy. Bootsy. Chris Wilson. <laughs> Chris Wilson. Bootsy. He got me on my first <laughs> redfish, and that was awesome. I, I learned that my lefty hat doesn't make up for my poor casting skills there, but uh, he he dealt with us. he's was really sweet and really cool about it. And uh, but anyway, it was funny. we were you know, drinking at the rich dentist in Charleston's house and give him a he, shout
5: out. He's a hell of a yeah, dental. Doctor Dr. Tim
4: Liptek out in Charleston, but he had a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle that he was even embarrassed that he had, maybe a client had given it to him or something, but there's something terrifying about a three what three thousand dollar bottle
2: yeah. of bourbon. I sold my last one for fifteen hundred cash. Yeah. I could have gotten more.
4: Yeah. But I mean there's something terrifying as yeah. much as yeah. a drunk I am that appreciate cocktails like I I won't even want to try it because what if you liked it? That's worse than, you know, I mean, like, he was like, go and have
5: some, and then we were just like, eh. Yeah, so and then we put a, we posed it next to a, a Fanta.
4: Yeah, so I got a nice Instagram. So
5: everybody would get out right. Fanta
4: on the rocks there with the uh, Pappy Van Winkle. So that was some good Instagram humor there with the, uh, yeah, so I highly recommend if you get your hands on a Pappy Van Winkle to try it with the orange ass there. It's a uh, totally good, good <laughs> stuff there,
2: so. <laughs> All right, gents, I'm going to I'm going to go find this guy with the shark jaw and interview yes. him. It's got to be a story there. Yeah. All right, lads. All
4: right.
2: <laughs> and, and, and what team are you supporting in the PL this year? Nottingham Forest. Yeah, man, you Everton. Read... What, you What's read... Everton doing now? No, so Forest wasn't we... doing so good. Man, last Absolutely. weekend was just bad. Other... If we had just not conceded that second goal, yeah, you had us just the... couldn't get up fast enough. You had us on the ropes. My kid was with her tutor, and uh-huh. I was just yelling. <laughs> <laughs> My kids like stop, that. It's just soccer. It's not that Fortress, important. And I'm like, get out of the house. Fortress get City out. Ground,
4: your Everton's winning one nothing at Brentford fifty four minutes. All though. right, so they're gonna break your heart and tie. I predict. <sighs> Leeds is tied with Brighton. Forrest is shitting the bed. So what's it now? Three? No, it's just two. They're holding it two two nil. Doesn't matter. They're gonna lose. Chelsea's lose, or Chelsea's beating Leicester. That's
2: good for both our teams there. So. All right, man. Yeah. All right, cheers.
6: You down there right there. All right, so we got a, what, is, this is a ti- sand tiger? I don't know what kind of shark it is, but it's really cool. If you look at these rows of teeth, these guys break off a tooth. I know. I'm so jealous. <laughs> and, and Boy, they get another one. Boy, why'd that put the dentist out of business?
2: Yeah. My mouth looks like I was chewing gravel for cereal this morning. I'm <laughs> jealous that sharks just pop them out. All right, so where did you get the shark
6: jaw? Came out of the Bahamas. I think my wife bought it for my son when we were down there on some scuba diving or tourist adventure back in the 80s probably sometime and somehow another he never took up with it were you fishing with a a belt for your second rod (laughs) actually the guy that she got it from had a whole bunch of them i don't know where he was catching it you know at that time, hell, we went out and swam with the sharks, and they were actively feeding them pretty much out of his hands, sort of. Stupid shit, I don't know. <laughs> and what made you decide to put bee chain on it? Because it catches your flies, right? If you look at it, flies don't slide together. Right. If you put a straight string across there, they'd all go to the slumped middle.
2: Did you just decide one day that's gonna be a fly holder?
6: I'm sorry? Did you just decide one day that was going to hold flies for you? Yeah. Okay. Got a coat hanger foot on the back of it. I see that. (laughs) Custom made. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And you're tying up Crelexes today? Yeah. And... Clousers. Clousers from over here. Now these guys are tying this dinky ass shit that would get lost in the shark's mouth. Yeah. He wouldn't eat that. Hey, I once caught a muskie in Burke Lake on something about
2: that size. It was by accident. It was chasing bluegill and the Copper John was in the water and it just got flossed. You never know. You never know. It's a good thing you brought a little trash thing, because were are messy. Yeah. Right, Bruce, what else are you tying?
6: My trash bag uh, bin came from Tuesday morning, it appears. Okay.
2: <laughs> that bag has been
6: used before. Oh, reinforced. Wow. Set up with plastic so it doesn't slump as bad, stays open better. Are you surprised that you didn't really need your lamp today? Uh, they're actually on, but there's enough sunlight yeah. through here.
2: Earlier today, it was...
6: And I gotta have a talk with us when the batteries are dying. I think uh, the batteries are old. So they don't. I've
2: the got George. a battery-powered super bright LED
6: lamp I brought with me, but not not uh, UV light. It's just a regular lamp. Well, this was originally one of those halogen lights that you plugged up, mm-hmm. and you could burn the back of your hand sitting here tying yeah. with it. it. It was way too intense with heat and light. The uh, LED stuff works a whole lot better, a lot cooler.
2: How do you prevent yourself from impaling yourself on that shark's jaw? That's
6: sharp. Uh, It's got its own bag to travel in. Okay. Otherwise, you would. There is uh, almost no way to avoid. And it's kind of interesting. Look at this tooth. It's broken off a little bit. That one was coming right behind it. I don't know how that shark would have sensed what all them teeth. One of them was broken a little bit.
2: You ever go <laughs> looking for fossilized shark teeth on the beach? Uh, I, I did, just got into that.
6: Well, I did. Down, my younger brother lives uh, in the South Carolina Low Country down around Beaufort. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he first moved down there, he was across the river. You could see Paris Island on the other side, and. Uh, that particular hell what's the name of that little burg? It'll come to me in a minute. Uh, back, I think, in the uh, 19 early 1900s, they dredged the harbor. Because if you look, Paris Islands here, and um, what the hell's the uh, uh, Georgia resort that's down there, a resort community? What am I thinking? Is on the coast on the other side of the river. But you come in off the river, and then you turn and you go up this way to Beaufort. But the Navy owned all of that before it was uh, Marine training, and they Punches used the it as a uh, coal oh, resupply for ships uh, going, Blacks, coming bank. out, I guess, out of Norfolk before they. Get Mr. Matthews to stop.
2: Doing some for a second. The yeah. Lunches are ready up there at the oh. Double Dog. Fantastic. Okay. Alright,
6: let's get up there. But anyway, what they did, they, they needed to go in there, okay. so they dredged the harbor right there. And across the way over in what the hell's the name of that little bird? Damn, I can never remember that. Uh, they dumped all the spoils over there. Well, when they dredged the harbor, they dredged up some big ass wow. shark's teeth that they dumped out over there, and you can still find a lot of teeth. Uh, the big old guys are really rare to find these days, but uh, they, you know, scooped that mess up, hauled it over there, and dumped it on shore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, a, you know, and you can go out there and just stop in the parking lot just about and dig where you besides your car and find them.
2: I might need to send me a drop pin. Huh? You might need to send me a map for that spot. Uh, wait a minute.
6: I can't believe it
2: we go looking for shark teeth um, so you down, down here in on, the on the Potomac on yeah just go state over, park down there yeah we just go over and Wilson it, Bridge make a right and it's like 30 minutes down past Mallow's Bay you just bring a white spaghetti strainer and strain the shoreline and it's crazy yeah if you
6: get down here you got Hilton Head down, okay. Paris Islands here uh, Port Royal is where all right. Little Brother was and they dump all that mess on the sands here because they dredged in here to get the Navy vessels in to coal them and whatever. And I guess it was maybe in the 30s uh, that Paris Island became the Marine training base. It was, I thought, before World War II. But Little Brother spends all his time uh, right over in this area. He lives right up this way. And uh, uh-huh. whereas he? he's over here near Widgeon Point, uh, red fishing. He wades over there and he think, catches some pretty Bruce, good... Let's go visit your brother. Huh? Let's go visit your brother. Yeah, he likes to... Uh, now, what's the, the crazy thing about that is, if you ever look at the U.S. coastline, See how all this stuff comes in? Mm -hmm. And that part of the world, right there between Charleston and Savannah, is right in the crux of that. They get standard eight-foot tides. Wow. A big tide with a good moon is nine to ten feet. You can go out there and start walking out as the tide's falling. Get out to where you want to fish, turn around, and you can kind of watch the water come up your leg. It, start it, running. It, uh, well, it's pretty freaky. <laughs> it bothered me first. And there's some really fluff mud around that. But you get up here, you know, it's not that far away, right up here on the Outer Banks. And it's only three feet of tide. Hmm. You know, and you get the same sort of thing if you get up here in Nova Scotia. There's some areas up yeah. there. where they, Yeah, they get some big uh, 30, 40-foot tides yeah. up there. But that stuff in South Carolina is just unbelievable. Right. I haven't heard that term
2: in a while. Uh, yeah, I heard that every hour on the hour, at least, when I was in Charleston. All right, Bruce, I'm going to grab no, some chow right. upstairs.
6: All right, thanks for stopping by. See you guys later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting artifact. Okay. Is it a Scarab beetle ring. <clears throat> no, And When you no. speak in Latin, it you is, turn into a dog.
4: It is not the art. Canis corpus. Nope, and it's nothing Indiana Jones related, but okay. it does come from deepest darkest China. Uh, we had a very interesting uh, fur hat that was in our collection. And it, it's sort of like, you know, like your Russian kind of fur hat, you know, I like think Moscow on the Hudson kind of thing. Um, Marines in China in the 1930s and 40s would wear these, you know, in cold weather kind of thing. and. Uh, I found this hat and it was extremely you know unique and scarce and rare all the nice things you'd say about it you know and it was from this famous Marine Colonel Bill Lee and he was sort of infamous for being unusual even by marine standards uh, he retired to Fredericksburg in Stafford area when he got out of the Marine Corps and he was really into hunting and taxidermy, and he was sort of renowned for, uh, you know, there was no roadkill that would go unmolested. He would make his daughter stop, and he would grab these things to skin them for their pelts and things. But anyway, I found this hat, and he's a quite famous guy. He was, when he was captured at the start of World War II. He spent the war in a Japanese prison camp, and wow. he survived. And, you know, he was just known as a character, a flamboyant kind of character. Anyway, I found his China hat from the 1930s, and it's just this gorgeous, just fur and you know everyone always as a curator everyone wants to pet it and touch it you know and i wonder what this is made out of rabbit or anything like that well word got out that the chinese would make them out of cats and dogs in the, in the hat so it's the cat hat we'd always call it the cat hat is a sure um the, the strange part about the hat though was it was in our collection and it didn't have an official accession number on it it was like it was being hidden in the back room so I called the old senior curator, a fellow named Ken Smith Christmas, who is, if you look up, if you watch Blackadder, he's the Lord Flashheart Heart of, of, he's just like the most, he's the Modello, Modelo man, the most interesting curator alive. Ken has all the stories. And it turned out that there was this deeper story. He said, oh, me boy, you found the cat hat. Thank goodness. I was always worried it would turn up missing. And I said, Well tell tell me, Ken, what's the story of Billy's hat? And he's like, Oh gosh, this was a long Bill had retired the air and he was well known for sort of, you know, taking See you Monday night. See you Monday night. Bill came to he was well known for taking these pelts and things. So he approached me asking to have his hat back one time. And, and we were worried about Bill. He was getting older and we were afraid, you know, he needed money to sell it or something like that. But you know, we didn't want to hurt his feelings, so we had to meet with him. And so I, I pulled the hat from the collection and I kind of didn't show it to him. I kept it in my office, but I had him come in to talk about it. And when he started, I asked him, What do you want the hat back for? He says, Oh, well, Ken, it's the most wonderful thing. A lot of my old veterans. Friends want hats like mine, and what I felt like I was going to do is I'm going to tear it apart, make a pattern out of the hat, and I've been shooting these feral cats in my neighborhood. I've got well, them all in the freezer, no. and you know, I've got Calico no, 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 and Greg, and so I'm going to put them together. And the story goes, oh, Ken, oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what was terrifying more, as a curator, my love of animals or the fact he wanted to destroy this exceptionally rare 1930s hat. So immediately the hat goes behind my back is the curator and i told him we couldn't find the hat so therefore you know that's how the cat hat ended up in the collection there and uh, so it, the moral lesson of this is always when you're handling animal products you know never assume you know what the actual material is until you can actually have the background of the story so, yeah, the, the famous cat hat so wow That's uh it, the best part about that eddie though was it was when I was very young, you know, new here. I would go to Mary Wash, J. Bryan's. Yeah. There was a local uh, get together when my wife Adele was working at the James Monroe Museum. All the local curator gals who were her friends would meet there, and they Adele did the like the Gwen job for the James Monroe Museum, and they would all have their little regional museum drink-a-thon down there and go over their problems. And I always felt awkward coming from our big museum. You know, they're complaining about they only have three thousand dollars for. Their entire year budget, and Neil had just ordered me to spend five thousand in 30 minutes, you know, and I felt bad. But Ken Ken Smith Christmas is the greatest storyteller. And he writes these funny, just opus. He wrote that whole cat hat story out. And he's like, Oh baby boy, wait till the curator pulls the file on this one. And, and I laughed and I printed it out to show those other curators. And they're just like, So how was your day? And I was like, words can't even describe it. I just handed them the email, and they were all animal lovers. You can see their eyes going, <laughs> wow, yeah.
5: yeah so. I thought you were gonna say it was made of human parts or
4: <laughs> No, no, I don't know if it's cat or dog. That's this hat. Him.
6: yeah. <laughs> so, the My name is cat, Buffalo Bill. this cat
4: hat there, so anyway, Bill Lee is a character, though. So, I guess you survive a Japanese prison camp, you can do anything there you want, get away with it. So. so
2: all right my afternoon's almost done we got Bo with us how have the three years
1: been the shows are back up for you yeah you know yeah we uh we were excited um although it's march 11th today which is my birthday and i'm celebrating by thank you i'm celebrating by being with the guys at project healing waters at the marine corps museum where they're doing the uh fly time marathon last month we had the uh, fifth annual texas fly fishing and brew festival in mesquite It was very well attended. I had a great time. Um, And I'm looking forward to going back next year. In January, of course, we had the 23rd annual uh, Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. We had the best turnout we've ever had. We actually ran out of wine glasses, which that has never happened before. And um, by by late Saturday afternoon, Sunday, we were reduced to using plastic cups from the beer truck to do tastings. But nobody complained. You know, we we had a great time. And um, we're already looking forward uh, to, to planning things for next year. We had a big turnout. Uh, for women because we had our first women's symposium in Virginia and in Texas called Beyond the Cast which is a, a women's only two day symposium that's put on uh, with support from uh, Take Me Fishing at Recreational Boating mm-hmm. and Fishing Foundation. It was great and uh, we're, we're looking forward to next year and of course we're always interested if people on your podcast have suggestions of speakers we could bring in or other classes or different techniques that they're interested in they can send me an email to the festival website for virginia is www.vaflyfishingfestival.org or for texas www.txfestival.org and just drop us an email and let us know what they think and we'd, we'd certainly entertain any ideas that they would have
2: fantastic all right how all things right. Warrenton going
1: good good you know uh since uh, COVID has long since gone by, I think people are a lot more active and, you know, wanting to get together. I think that's one of the reasons why we had such good turnout at the festival in Virginia uh, and in Texas is that, you know, we're social creatures. We want to be around each other. We want to be around other people and fly anglers want to be around other fly anglers and they want to be around other fly tires and they want to celebrate their sport you know if it was about getting fish we just go to the giant or harris teeter and load up our cart with fish right. it ain't about fish it's about <laughs> as kiki gavin likes to say it's all about the hang right hanging out with your people mm-hmm. and um i'm i'm excited that you know we're back to normal now and i'm looking forward to you know seeing what new adventures we have in the fly fishing community for all of us sounds good all right bo thank you thank you
0: thank you for joining us for the fly fishing consultant podcast for more information or to contact rob please go to www.robsnowwhite.com This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com.